This is the Seller Process Podcast, where we talk about the best systems, processes, and SOPs for your Amazon business so that you can regain control of your time, build up your team, and scale your e-com empire. Hello, entrepreneurs. If you are looking to pivot your business from simply selling stuff online to building a legit brand that your customers will love and trust, but you're not sure how to make this transition happen, then this episode is for you. Our guest today will share with us how to identify and validate new products so that you can start building the product line of your dream brand. I'm joined today by Ben Leonard, a classic millennial entrepreneur who built a seven-figure business and successfully exited after only three years. Ben is the author of the best-selling book, Quit Stalling and Build Your Brand, and he's the brain behind the Ecom course Product Empire. Ben is a sought-after speaker and helps other achieve success in e-commerce through his consultancy business at benleonard.pro and e-commerce brokerage at ecombrokers.co.uk. Ben, welcome back. Good to have you here again. Good to be back, jean Margaret. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, that's great. For those of you guys that see the YouTube version, the, the video version of this podcast, you'll see on my back there is the, his book, Quit Stalling, Build Your Brand, suggest you to take it up on Amazon or maybe you, you, you'll you be able to share more about that and see say where can they find you. But essentially, yeah, you will find it everywhere, basically, Amazon especially. Mm-hmm. So something that really struck me when you we were chatting before was this concept of pivoting from selling stuff to building a legit brand, right? So this is really, I think that the most, the thing that is trending, let's say the most, we see that the competition is racing. We, the business of selling stuff doesn't work anymore, right? As it used to in a, a few years ago. Now, in order to succeed, you need to build a legit brand. Okay. So I want to hear from you, what is your what is it? Let's just let's start with a general overview of this strategy. What does it mean shifting from selling stuff to building a legit brand? What is a legit brand? Great question. So I think that there's two kind of main sort of angles to look at this from. And the first one is about mindset, I think, because so many of us start our e-commerce businesses as something on the side, and that's absolutely fine and normal. Of course it is. We can't immediately quit our jobs, but when we do it, Sometimes we make the mistake of thinking about it as a side hustle. And the problem with thinking about it that way, rather than thinking about it as a a real big boy grown-up business, is that we're immediately putting a ceiling on its potential. And we're also giving it an identity as something that is mm, not quite so serious. Whereas if you look at your own favorite brands and how they not only position themselves to you, but the way that they treat themselves like a real business. So it's a mindset shift. It's about treating your business with the respect it deserves. And by extension, treating yourself as an entrepreneur with the respect that you deserve. You are a legit entrepreneur who really owns a real brand. And then the second part is this shift from selling products to building a brand. It's about instead of focusing solely on selling products, you focus on creating a brand identity that resonates with your target audience. And this involves understanding what your customers need and want, and then creating products and experiences that match those needs or solve those problems. 
the strategy really is, first of all, understanding your target audience and who your customers are, what they want, and how your products can solve their problems. Then it's creating a unique brand identity, which is consistent across all your marketing channels and which resonates with your customers and makes them know and trust your brand through everything that you do with your brand, not just your quality products and the quality experience that you give your customers, but all of the helpful, compelling, engaging, useful, free content that you provide to them. You think about the brands that you love, whether that's related to your hobbies or your profession, and you ask yourself, how do they make me feel? And how do they make me feel that way? And then you say, okay, how can I do that with my business? And that, when you start doing that, your business is starting to behave like a real brand. It's not just a business. It's a business that is um, represented by a true brand identity. You, you begin to provide value beyond just the product that could be through informative content, amazing customer service, et cetera, et cetera. And then you want to just be consistent, consistently show up, deliver on your brand promise, ensure that every interaction that customers have with your brand is consistent with your brand identity and your values. And begin to really say, okay, this isn't just a hustle. This is a real consumer product brand, and we're going to act like one. Okay, that's very interesting. So how do we start with the process of building this product line that is different from like stuff, sure. right? But it's a real product for, from to, that sells uh, for a real brand. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into that, but I'll briefly just touch on what a brand is. So there's lots of different de definitions of what a brand is, and people will argue quite passionately on the internet about it. But to be honest, I don't think we need to argue because I think we're all trying to basically get at the, sa the same thing. We just have slightly different ways of, of saying it. So for me, a brand is a group of products or services. And let's be honest, we're talking about physical products here. A group of products that solve problems for a particular group of people. So that could be scuba diving accessories or tools for dentists, right? <laughs> and, and anything in between. Branding is how you make your customer feel. And marketing is how you tell them about it, which is why, in theory, you could have the best branding in the world, but your business sucks because nobody's heard of you because you haven't got good marketing. So if a tree falls over the in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, did it make a sound? If your brand has amazing branding, but you don't tell anyone about it effectively, it might as well not exist. But to come back to your question then, right, about, about product, Understanding your target market is key, right? We need to understand who our potential customers are and what they need or want. And in my opinion, the way that I like to teach this is I encourage people to build brands around something that they themselves are passionate about because then you're scratching your own itch, right? Think about some famous brands like, okay, this isn't a product brand, but it's a great example, Shopify. We all know Shopify. We use it for our D2C websites. It was created by a guy called Tobias Lutke. He was developing a website to sell his snowboards and he realized he preferred developing the website and selling snowboards. And he also realized that lots of other people had the same itch that he was scratching. They needed a website to sell their products. And he realized a lot of people didn't have development skills. So he scratched his own itch and he created Shopify. When you scratch your own itch, there is no one better than you to understand your customers and no one better than you to sell your solution. And it's also a great way to uh, to be authentic because you, you by default, you sidestep the competition because nobody else is the same as you. 
So <clears throat> when we understand our people, which we can do easily if we're selling to our people who, who we relate to because it's, it's a niche we're passionate about, we can develop a product that meets their needs and we can sell it to them because we understand their language. We understand where to show up to sell the product to them. We understand how to market to them. And then it, and I could go off on a tangent here, so I won't, but after that point, it's validating your product in terms of product market fit and whether it actually is a solution your customers want and then understanding the economics of it, et cetera, et cetera, which we, we can get into if we want. Yeah, okay. So let's touch briefly first the practical things, how to validate this new product, I, because I know that you have a number of criteria that you use to to validate product. And then we can go to the more, let's say, abstract part of it, the, the, the branding. So how do we make sure the product fits with our brand values, our brand identity, and so on. So first of all, you give us just some of the your your best practices when it comes to validating uh, product. Yeah. So before we're going to validate our product, we're going to need to know or have a good idea of what we're selling, which of course needs to be the solution to a problem. But that doesn't mean that you need to invent something new. In the book, I get into different methods of product development, but you can quite easily take something that is already selling well and either improve upon it physically in terms of how it performs and how it functions, or simply improve upon it in terms of the brand identity, tell a better story, resonate better with the audience, and also improve upon it by positioning it in a different way, perhaps going even more niche, or perhaps by positioning it as a more premium product, etc. And once you've got that nailed, it's understanding, is there actually demand for this? Because, you know, ultimately, products need to be uh, profitable and in demand pretty easy way to see if it's in demand is it already selling or is a solution similar to it already selling in which case fantastic there's plenty of demand for this and secondly if you're building a brand around something that you're passionate about you ask your people coming back to, to let's just pick an example bonsai trees right let's say you're a member of your local bonsai tree care club next time you meet up hey i had an idea for this this bonsai trimming tool we have right now what it doesn't do is it doesn't do that if i made something that did that would you all buy it yes they all say great how much would you pay for it 25 bucks they all say fantastic now your sample size there might only have been 10 people but it gives you a starting point right you yeah. can now start to build prototypes start testing the market which could involve giving out samples conducting surveys more generally online to a much bigger sample size running focus groups, potentially, and then iterate. So based on the feedback from the testing, make necessary changes to your product. And from there, you're going to now know more or less what your product's going to be. So you're more or less going to know or be able to find out how much it's going to cost you to manufacture and how much you're going to sell it for, which needs to be at least at least three to five times what it costs you to, to make and sell, but ideally more. Um, and from there, you can start to figure out if the unit economics are going to make sense. Okay. Okay. Cool. Can you touch briefly, so the, your your criteria when it comes to unit economics? Because I know many people will love to compare the have a benchmark with, yeah. with your criteria. Yeah. Let's touch. Yeah. That. The, this stage is absolutely vital because I run into a lot of people, both with my consulting and with econ brokers, who have something which 
they're scratching their head because they're like, it's it, it's profitable. And I'm like, yeah, it is profitable, but it's not profitable enough. So l- l- let's talk jargon for a moment. There's a lot of different uh, economic KPIs that people are going to need to know about, but we'll, we won't dig into all of them, but let's dig into some of the most important ones. Gross profit really is incredibly important. So gross profit is basically your sales revenue minus your cost of sales. And your cost of sales is your landed cogs, literally what it costs you to make it, ship it, and any import duties, plus any direct costs associated with selling. So that would be picking, packing, and then selling fees. If we're talking about Amazon for a moment, it would be your Amazon commission. So your gross profit then is your landed costs, sorry, your cost, your your sales revenue minus your, your cost of sales, which includes your landed costs and the co- costs associated with selling it. We want that gross profit to be at least 40%. But it doesn't stop there. We need to go deeper. We need to dig in right down to the contribution margin level. So we need to now think about what other costs are associated with selling my product. There could be storage fees, inspection fees, marketing fees. So that basically that means PPC. In e-commerce, these fees vary, hence they're called variable costs. So when we deduct that from the, we take the gross profit and deduct the variable costs, we end up with the contribution margin. We want that to be at least 20%. And I frequently come across people who've got a contribution margin on their product of 10%. And that simply isn't enough. And and part of the reason that isn't enough is it, it very often with such a low contribution margin, your ROI is going to be low, your return on investment. So your return on investment is basically a fancy way of saying, for every dollar you put in, what do you get out? And this really needs to be at least 100% or, or at the very minimum, 70%. And, and this is here's why. In e-commerce, we have a very slow cash conversion cycle. So by the time I've placed an order with a manufacturer and it's they've made it and it's shipped, and let's assume I'm shipping by sea and it's been unpacked and checked in and now it's going to sit on shelves until I've sold through enough of it that I get enough money out to place another order. Well, if my ROI is too low, I will need to have sold virtually all of the inventory before I can place another order. But that that second order or, or that next order is not going to arrive in time before I stock out. So I need a big enough ROI that I only need to sell a small proportion of my first order before I can order my second order so that I don't stock out. And that is why your contribution margin needs to be at least 20% and your ROI, your net ROI, needs to be at least 100%. And net ROI is basically your contribution margin divided by your landed costs because it's the money out, contribution margin, compared with the money in, which is your landed costs. Yeah, the opposite probably, right? <laughs> the yeah. money out is the landed costs and money in is your contribution margin. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. need more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We, we totally got it. Okay, so uh, just to recap, the the benchmarks you're sharing is gross profit, 40%, at least 40%, contribution margin, 20%, net ROI, it's 100%. I think that's important to to mention net ROI because most people, I think, they, they work on ROI, let's say gross ROI, which is the, the gross profit over their landed costs. So it's important that it's 100% over the net 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can get away with less than 100, but I wouldn't go lower than 70. But you have to be aware and be accepting of the fact that you're probably going to need to throw some extra cash at it. Otherwise, you're going to run into cash flow problems. The, exactly. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But you just need to accept that's going to be part of your model. Exactly. Yeah. I guess also depends on the niche, the category. <clears throat> some categories might have more space. Some other are a bit more competitive or there is less price elasticity. So people are more, they will respond in a different way with uh, price variations. Okay. So this is, I just wanted to, to touch this part because I think it's a, the most, one of the most important parts when selecting a product. But let's now go back to our the the main topic about branding and so after after we make sure that the economics look good what are the next steps uh, toward the the creation of this legit brand yep okay so product level economics are done let's assume that you've you've tested the product you're highly you're very happy with it you've actually fully developed it etc cetera, etc cetera. you you are basically ready to go we're going to need to ensure that we have everything in place with our manufacturing partner in terms of our partnership going forward okay well you ought already to have negotiated price of course you will have if you've been calculating your unique economics but ideally you've also been thinking about well, what's the price going to be as we we scale up and you ought to be having conversations with your manufacturer about uh, benchmark levels when we order this many thousand units the price is this that many thousand units the price is that um, that's really important. And another important thing is payment terms. A lot of people fall into the trap of thinking that by default, they always have to pay 30% deposit and 70% when the goods are shipped, which is absolutely not the case. A good starting point for negotiations would be, say, on the first, say, three orders, might be 25% down and the remaining 75% when the goods are ready. But as we move forward beyond that, we want to negotiate so that we are actually paying for part of our order after we've started selling so you could negotiate it like 20 percent down 40 percent with the goods already and 40 percent 30 days after that and after a few more orders we want to get to a point where we're paying a much higher portion longer more like 60 days so that the goods have had a chance to arrive and we're actually selling through them before we finish paying them off this really improves our networking capital position and our cash flow so that we're, we're not going to run into, into problems. And a key part of this is establishing a mutually beneficial relationship with our manufacturer and helping them, uh, telling them the compelling story as to why they should help us with this, because we're going to, we're going to grow together. Yeah. Beyond that though, getting away from like the, the kind of the, the numbers and whatnot and coming a little bit more back to brand, as you were hinting at there, it's about brand identity, it's understanding what your brand is. And a lot of people who perhaps got into e-commerce when it was easier and were just selling a mishmash of stuff, and I don't blame them for doing that, but now they need to make a change because they realize that's not sustainable and nobody's ever going to want to buy that if they will ever want to sell the business. It's ask yourself, what is my brand? What do we do? Who do we serve? Because remember, a brand is a group of products that solves problems for a particular group of people. So if you're just selling a random mishmash of stuff right now, I would consider breaking that out into uh, discrete brands that actually serve a purpose for a particular group of people. And when we understand our people, we can develop a brand that reflects them and who they aspire to be. And we do that by developing and understanding a customer avatar, which is basically a, a theoretical representation of who our customer is and who they aspire to be, and then reflecting that back at them in our brand. 
and making sure that our branding clearly communicates what our brand does to improve their life as it relates to our niche. That's basically our value proposition, right? We want to show how we make their life better and why they should choose our product. And we do that through everything that our brand does, our imagery, our copy, our listings, our website, our email marketing, our social media marketing, our YouTube channel, podcasts that we sponsor. People will be scratching their heads saying, but I don't do any of this. The answer to that is, yeah, that's because you haven't been treating your business like a real brand. But actually take a look around you now and look at all your favorite products from your favorite brands and they do all that. So we want to do that. It's all about what your people want and where they want it. You know, what channels are they on? And what would make them remember your brand as something that has brought value to them? And that's when, if they've bought widget A from you, even on a marketplace like Amazon, next time they need to solve a problem in that niche, they're not just going to go buy widget B from anyone. They're going to come buy it from you because you have added value to their life and they remember you because you've built a relationship with them. Yeah, absolutely. And we go way deeper. I go way deeper on all that in the book and actually show people like how to do it. So actually, I want to, I take the opportunity to remind people that in every episode of this podcast, we always share some sort of complementary material that is given by the guests. So in this case, Ben is sharing with us the special resources that are only for the book readers, which I recommend you to get. But in this case, with the podcast, you will get directly the book resources just by listening this pod, just by going to to the link in the in the description of the YouTube video or in the episode show notes, thesellerprocess.com. Okay, make sure you go there and you will find the you, you can access the resources of Ben's book. And you will find lots more content about this. Yeah, that that was just a quick reminder. But Ben, I know you're speaking in several conferences and webinars. I know you're a master also of hacks and tips and tricks, right? So obviously, what you mentioned is that there is a there's a lot that we can do, as you said, podcasts and multiple channels and social media content and so on. But if we were to distill, just to give some direction to, to people and apply the 80-20 rule to this, right? So what would be the, the 20% of the strategies and hacks in branding that will give us the 80% of the results? If you could do one thing that would have the biggest impact, and it's not for anyone who wants me to tell them one thing they can do in five minutes, it's going to make them tons of money. I'm afraid that's not going to happen. There's effort involved yeah. in this, right? But if you, if you, if I could distill it down to one thing, it's put your shoes, put yourself in the shoes of your customer who you want to buy from you and ask yourself some really difficult questions. So take yourself through the, the process right now. Compare everything about your brand slash business slash product to the other options that your potential customer has and ask yourself, would I buy my product and build a relationship with my brand over my comp- my competition? And if the answer is not yes, and it's only maybe or no, then that's where you start working. And that's everything from, if we're talking about Amazon, it's your image in the search results. It's your product titles. It's your product listings. It's how are you going to compel people that your product solves their problem? And then it's customer experience. So buy all your competitors' products and compare what the customer experience is like. And then it's building a relationship with those customers outside of marketplaces like Amazon. Are your competitors doing it? I hope they're not. 
but I hope that you are. And if you're not, you, you need to start now. So that's what it is. It's putting yourself in the shoes of the customer, asking yourself some critical questions and keep asking those questions until the answer is, I love this product. I love this brand. I want to keep buying from it over and over again. Got it. Got it. That's cool. That's very powerful. I think we can have one full episode about customer avatars, how to create them, yeah. like why are they important, right? This is something that come, keep coming up almost in every episode, to be honest. There's always the topic, whatever it is, and then it, it always at some point comes to, but you need to know your customer before to doing uh, anything that we were talking about, right? So, yeah, so it's always the foundation, obviously. Okay, that's great. So obviously people can get much more value. This was just the beginning. They can get a lot more in the in your book and also in the resources that you provide. So make sure guys to to follow the link in the YouTube description or you can find it also in the in our website thesellerprocess.com you will find the link in the show notes. So Ben, where people can find you if they would like to reach out to you or they need your help. You do so much. So maybe you can just uh, briefly summarize how can you help yeah, them. Yeah, I do quite a lot, which is fun. So if people want to hit me up, I'm on social media at Ben Leonard Pro. I'm also on LinkedIn, just search my name. My website is benleonard.pro. The course which accompanies the book, the Founders Round recently came out, but will be reopening for everybody again in February. So that's product-empire.com if you want to get on the waiting list. Um, and you can buy the book on Amazon. Uh, search Quit Stalling and Build Your Brand on Amazon. I believe it's a, a really valuable book. It's not something highly technical that's going to go out of date in five months. My hope is that e-commerce entrepreneurs will still be getting value from this in 10 years. So yeah, check it out. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ben, to be here again. I'm sure we will we'll record some, some more podcasts together because you have so much to share. Yeah. Thank you again. Thanks, Jim Walker. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, remember the key to success is to emulate the best. So take home the tips that Ben shared with you today. Go check out the resources, go get your book and, and start applying these tips in your business. And I'm sure you will find that you will see the results. And hit up Ben on social media if you would like his help. All right, guys, I hope the, the content of this week was good, was valuable for you. I wish you to have a productive week and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Hey, entrepreneurs, I hope you enjoyed the show and learned something from the interview. Remember to go grab the free resources for this episode at thesellerprocess.com. Check the links and tools in the show notes and don't forget to sign up for our free email list to get the latest systems and SOPs shared exclusively with our subscribers. And now entrepreneurs, it's time for action.